I've had this conversation with so many people that I thought if I was ever going to start a YouTube channel, this would be the first thing I'd be talking about. And here we are. Hi everyone, my name is James Janney. And if you're going to university, or you're thinking of going to university, or you are confused and you're unsure of what to do, well, you found the right video for you because by the end of this, I'm hoping to give you a very clear idea of what you may not be told about university. Um, it will give you a good idea of whether you're going to go into the right degree or whether that's the degree for you to go in. Um, and just kind of, it, hopefully it will help you is what I'm trying to say. I'm just doing it in a really long winded way. It also may surprise you that I don't think student loans are a big deal um, or should be a big deal in your considerations on whether you should go. Without further ado, let's jump into it. So we kind of sold a script that you go to school, you get good grades, and then you go to university, and then from university you get your job. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, um, and there really isn't. Uh, it's just universities have changed from what they used to be, and honestly there would be no need for this video had it been during my parents' time. Right. In England, for example, universities were funded by taxation, which is taxpayers would be paying for students to essentially go to university. So it would be free. Sounds good, doesn't it? 1998, um, tuition fees were introduced and it was based on your income and it was about like 1,000 a year. Now, in England, it's about 9.2k a year. And you might think, oh, that's strange because if it was free before, Surely, now that it's so much more expensive, less people would be going, but no, and we'll cover why that is in just a moment. Everyone looks at it as, oh, it's just a thing to do, right? And there's a lot of parental pressure. Trust me, I've been there. There's pressure from, you know, your friends because, oh, my friends are all going off to university, so you get a bit of FOMO. It's like, what am I going to do because I'm stuck here with no job and people are going to think, oh, this guy's an idiot because he doesn't go university. And university is really presented to you as this very neat package. They come into your sixth form um, or your high school or you go to their open days and it's like, oh, look how great it is. Look at our campus. Look at all the people smiling and um, it's parties and it's fun. And all of this will change when you see university for what it really is which is a business. A degree is a consumer product. That's what it is. It's you are going to university and you're exchanging your money or in this case, you know, someone else's money as a loan um, for this degree. This is the product that you're getting. When you see universities as a business and you start to look at it from that point of view, you're going to start to see all the intentions behind what they're doing. So the IFS in England has said that I think they expect 83% of students to pay back their student loans. In other words, there's an 83% chance that you're not going to be able to pay back your student loan. So what's going on? In England, you kind of 
are given loans for two different things. Um, you're given loans to pay off your tuition fees and you're also given maintenance loans. This is for essentially helping you live. It's to pay off your rent, um, food, that kind of thing. And that sort of, the amount you get for your maintenance loan does depend on your income. It's important to note that neither of these loans consider any material for your course. So like books, um, lab equipment, None of that is covered by those loans. That's for you to pay for yourself. And if you don't get enough of a maintenance loan, they expect your parents to kind of supplement that. That's important because some people's parents aren't going to do that, which is really unfortunate. Now, the average debt of a graduate is about 36 grand. But there's also one little thing that uh, will probably not be your friend, and that's called interest. So you've got your principal sum, um, which is you know roughly 27 grand or thereabouts. And then you've also got the maintenance loans on top of that. So that's 36K on average. Uh, then you've got interest, which is a percentage of that total sum. Uh, and it's added onto the total sum because obviously whoever's loaned you your money wants to make money from that. Essentially, people hear about, oh, you've got to pay back this massive loan. And they go, oh, but James, hello you only have to start paying that back when you earn about 25k a year so as long as i'm not earning that much i don't have to pay it back that's not how interest works if you're not paying it back the interest is going to keep adding on so the longer you sort of stay at home you know doing whatever you're doing the more the interest and the debt is going to continue to snowball and build up and build up and build up so it's not a safety net just because they say oh you have to pay it back when you start earning this amount, so don't worry about it. That is not a safety net, trust me. You're still going to be accruing debt. Of all that being said, student debt should not be your biggest concern. And let me explain why. Now, in England, you can choose how you want to pay back your student loans, depending on the plan that you're going to go for. And there's a similar plan in the US, but the most common one in England is you pay 9% of your income which is above the threshold, the 25K a year that you're expected to earn. And you pay 9% of any money that goes above that from your income, that goes towards repayments. So let me give you an example. Okay, and I've got one written down here. So let's say you're earning 40,000 a year. So that's your income. And above the threshold, that is 14,280. So 9% of 14,280 is 1,285 pounds a year, which is roughly 107 pounds every month that you're paying towards repayments for your student loan. When you really look at it, it's not a lot. You need to see kind of student loans as almost just like an extra tax that you have to pay because um, it will automatically come off in England um, on your income statement. And once it's been taken off, it's been taken off. On top of that, in England, after 30 years, your student loan gets written off. So if you don't pay that total sum amount in that time, it gets written off anyway. So in other words, it shouldn't be your biggest concern. In fact, if the only thing that's holding you back at the moment from going to university is, you know, bearing in mind you're going for a degree that you really want to do and you should, you, you need to go to university, you need to get that degree to get into that career. And um, the only thing that's holding you back are those student loans? Go, just go. Also, it's worth noting that there's an opportunity cost. That 50K that you've now spent towards repayments could have been used for putting down a deposit on a house or 
Yeah, that's all I can think of. The point being, you could have used that money for something else, but chances are you may not have made that money without the degree in the first place. The most important thing with student loans um, to take away is that it's how the university now perceives you. So you're no longer just the student, you are profit, you are a customer. That is very important to know because it leads us on to the next part. Universities really have a marketing issue. Um, the Advertising Standards Authority has already made complaints. Uh, I remember seeing this towards universities and the, their marketing material. Um, but here's the funny thing, and you may not know this, but there was a cap on the amount of students a university could let in. And that cap was removed. And now universities are open to let as many students in as possible and the reason why that is huge is because now there is a major competition between all of universities to get students through the door this is why when i mentioned earlier on how, how does it make sense that when universities were free there were less graduates than there were today when it's far more expensive this is why because after all you are a customer and they need more of you because you give them the money in order to fund everything universities spend millions on their marketing millions so what's what's the problem with all of this i mean so what they're spending money millions to get us all in um but if you're telling me james that i don't have to worry about student loans what, what, what's what's the consequence well you're about to find out Whenever something is scarce and there's not enough of it, there's it immediately has more value, right? Whenever something is abundant, there's a lot of it, it doesn't have as much value. That is really important to what we're talking about now, because in the 70s and the 80s, about, I think it was 9 to 19% of young British adults would go to university. Now the number is about 50%. There's a lot more graduates now, and that's where there's this whole, there's this whole concern of what is called grade inflation going on at the moment uh, and that is essentially people's grades being much higher than they ever used to be and you might think oh maybe it's just that students have gotten smarter well they did standardized testing um, which is like iq tests and on average it's remained about the same the intelligence of students going to university has been about the same so why are grades increasing at the rate that they are well, the OFS, which is the Office for Students, doesn't know. Over three quarters of what is considered this grade inflation cannot be explained. I think the amount of people that passed with that passed now with a first or a two-one is something ridiculous. It, I've got it here. Seventy-five percent of students achieve one of the two top classifications, which is a first or a two-one. Seventy-five percent. There's no differentiating. So you kind of see where I'm getting at. If there's so many graduates, the value of a degree is no longer what it used to be. How employable are you now if you have a degree? 
Let me preempt this by saying, if you're looking to get into a specialized subject, you need a degree. I, if you're looking to get into law, if you're trying to be a, you know, a surgeon, um, a specific type of engineer, you're gonna want a degree. There's, there's, it's very unlikely that you can ever get into those fields unless you start up your own business and did it yourself. It's very unlikely you're gonna get into those fields without the degree. 58% of employers rated work experience as the most popular qualification among those presented. They agree that the classes of degrees tell an employer very little about a person. On that note, uh, my personal opinion on it is, is this. A degree can look good on a CV, um, and I think it can definitely get you a foot in the door, but that's about as far as it goes. In your interview, they really wanna know they want to see whether you've got the resources that they're looking for because you can be trained in university but you may not be the right person to train for a certain company depending on the field that you're going into with all that being said a degree can still be valuable so then why didn't i go As I said, there's a lot of pressure from your friends, from family, from society that tell you you need to go to university. And then people pick the wrong degree or they pick anything that they can get their hands on or they pick something that they're not too sure about or they pick something just for the fun of it uh, or they pick something because it's what their parents told them. That is the problem. This is a difficult one to talk about because at the ages of like 18, 19, 20, 21, you can't really know what you want to choose as a career. You don't really know what you want. Um, I don't even think at 30, you probably know what you want. Like it, it's a very difficult thing to ask someone to do. And it's this problem with people choosing the wrong degree um, for a subject that they, they shouldn't have just take, they shouldn't have taken. People take stuff just because, yeah, just because they, they, they had to, they were forced to kind of go into something, right? How do you solve this issue? take a gap year a gap year is like this golden period after you finish high school or sixth form and before you go into university a gap year is the golden period where you get this free time if you so choose to have of kind of exploring what you want to do and your choices and also getting a break from you know you've spent all of these years in in education so it's that little one year break take the gap year i think of everybody that I've asked um, for help uh, in this video I think there was only one person who was an exception but all of them said I wish I'd taken a gap year all of them for example up until the point where I kind of finished uh, sixth form I always wanted to be an actor right it was the thing that I would tell everybody when I was a I've been doing it since I was a kid, since I was a teenager up until this point, um, and I auditioned to go to drama school, which is like university, but it's very much drama acting centered, and I didn't get in. And so I was basically put in a position where I was forced to take a gap year. And thankfully I did, because that gap year really allowed me to reflect on what I wanted. Um, and gave me a much better sense of direction of what I wanted to do, which is why I ended up not 
basically going to university because I realized during that gap year that I had a big interest in business and entrepreneurship um, and I realized that I didn't really want to take a degree um, I wanted to spend the three years that I would have spent in uni instead getting some real life experience um, and kind of well things like this right like starting up a YouTube channel um, starting up a business that I've got in the works at the moment in fact during that gap year I um, started a business with a good friend of mine uh, it was like a digital marketing agency it's a crazy saturated market but we started up together we did it for about six to eight months it was just us like cold calling uh, restaurant owners because that was the sort of niche we were going towards um, we'd be calling up these restaurant owners we'd be booking meetings with them um, we would go in person and we try and pitch these restaurant owners our services um, and man I learned so much doing that so so much doing that it wouldn't have been possible if I didn't take that gap year and if you're wondering okay what should I even do during that gap year um, well I'll give you some hints right now uh, you kind of want to start to like experiment just experience different things um, and see like what you're more inclined towards and what you can potentially see yourself doing as a career I don't even think one year is enough to get a really good idea I genuinely don't but it's what you're given it's that golden period that you're given um, in that time here's um, here's some stuff you can do The first thing you can do is read a book or a, or a few books um, and I know some of you are probably like rolling your eyes groaning but I think your books are so amazing for helping you get an understanding of different areas in your life I'm talking non-fiction by the way not fiction I mean I'm sure if you read Harry Potter over your gap year you'd find it enjoyable but I don't know if it would tell you a lot about what you wanted to do uh, to study um, for university or whether you wanted to go I'm talking more like non-fiction um, erring more on the side of like business self-development that type of thing which is essentially what this channel is for remember to subscribe for example one book that I read which was my absolute favorite I'm gonna grab it now actually was this book which is the millionaire fast lane by MJ DeMarco I hate the title of this book I swear to God but it, it is this book completely changed my perspective on, on money, on business, on entrepreneurship. Um, it really, really helped me. I read this during my gap year, and it was one of the reasons why I decided not to go to university, because this book really helped me understand what I wanted from life and what I wanted to get from it, um, at least for the moment in this current point in time. Um, that's just one example, man. Like, Reading books is a great, great advantage. It helps you get an understanding. Um, it can help you change your mindset and, and kind of uh, change the way you think about certain things. Um, but if you don't want to read, there's other things you can do. Um, another thing I recommend in the gap year is get a job. Um, I was working at a cafe during my gap year. Um, not for a long time, but uh, for about a month and a half. I wish I had worked more longer than that, but during that gap year I was also like doing some courses like studying for acting because I was still kind of deciding am I doing this am I not doing this um, but getting a job is really good again it's that sort of work experience and life experience you'll understand what it's like to work um, in a work environment whether you know you're working at a supermarket or, um, or in a cafe or a restaurant or maybe it is an office job that you've got um, 
getting that experience is great like it can it can kind of help you again see what may be or how you feel with the whole structure of a job and what the sort of dynamics of a workplace is like another thing that you can do is travel um, everybody goes traveling on the gap here it's like the thing that everyone does um, if you have the money for it go for it I think um, traveling is, is something that I love and want to continue to do in the future um, and it can help you sort of get a sense for maybe again what you're looking for and what you want another thing is going to networking events uh, which I know a lot of people kind of see networking events as always like champagne and your munching cheese and it's not like a lot of the networking events you can go on websites like meetup.com um, there's also okay I've forgotten the other ones there are other places if you just google search networking events near me um, you'll find them they they can be on anything they, they can be on like business and real estate they can be like they have like video game nights um, if that if you're interested in that they have um, creative writing um, stuff if you just have a look you'll see so many different events um, in fact I've set myself a little challenge for 2020 which is to go to one networking event every single week but the point of it is really a networking event is a very good way of kind of I like to think it sort of hacks the system right it allows you to meet people that you wouldn't have normally have met in that situation um, and it also pushes you out of your comfort zone like a lot uh, and that, that's always a good thing like it's always good to you know to some degree to kind of push yourself to do something you wouldn't have normally done there's a few things that you can do in your gap year you've got a lot of time trust me like your gap year is a lot of free time um, to try out a bunch of stuff by the end of that you should have somewhat of a clearer understanding of what you want to get into uh, again I don't think a year is anywhere near enough to get that real deep understanding now, if you're in university and you're watching this video, um, you probably realize it's too late for the gap year. But what you can do, I think, to kind of make the most of that opportunity is, again, you can read books. Um, I always recommend that. I love reading, so I just I say this for anything. It's my advice for anything. Um, but you can also network. I think networking in university is a great, great thing. Although nobody in uni is going to be like, well you know like a billionaire millionaire maybe they're from well-off families but there's a good chance that those people that you meet in university uh, especially if it's a really well-known university and it's a high reputation university there's a chance that those people you meet are gonna do great things in life and it's good to kind of know these people not to use them but to kind of benefit each other um i think you're you're kind of doing yourself a real disservice um if you don't try and network and talk to as many people in your classes or in, in societies um, I recommend joining different societies in university um, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't try and meet people there um, and make some good friends really study do study yes there's great inflation but that still means you've got to you got to put some work in you got to get your um, you, you got to get that degree at the end of the day so that pretty much concludes um, this video uh, I was was quite nervous about doing this. Um, I've never done kind of <laughs> ironic because I wanted to be an actor, but I've never done a lot of um, you know in front of the screen type of acting, uh, and it's also a bit different when you're not really a character and you're sort of yourself. But I hope you enjoyed the video. I hope it gave you a good idea on whether you should go to university and if you're in university on the moment at the moment, 
what to look out for um, and how to make the most out of that. Um, please give the video a like if you enjoyed it. It does help a ton, especially with the YouTube algorithm. Um, comment down below uh, if there's anything you feel like I've missed or you have any other questions or um, if you've watched up to this point. I know this is a long video, so please do let me know down below. I'll respond to all of it. Um, and if you're interested in kind of business, self-development, personal finance, um, that kind of niche, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing here, but uh, do subscribe because I've got some awesome stuff planned um, on the way. And uh, yeah, I think that concludes today's video. I hope you have a wonderful day. Peace, my friends.